Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> hello, hello. What's going on? We're back. Our guest this week is Gregory Douglas. Welcome to the QDO. Oh my God, I'm honored. <laughs> this has been a long time coming. And I'm very glad that we got to get you here. Good, And yeah. I like that your first description of what your cue looks like is, uh, was it terrified? It was... <laughs> I, I think you, yeah, I think what he said was, I'm terrified of what's on it. Why yeah. would you be, I mean, why would you be just terrified? Just slightly, just slightly. Well, you know. You don't, you don't prune this thing very much. No, I don't, you know. I mean, I don't know if this is not okay to say, but Netflix is generally my, like, backup plan yeah. Ooh, talk well, about it let's talk yeah. about your yeah i want to talk about plan a first yeah, of all me too <laughs> and this is someone that you just said you didn't go out on halloween night so you what what did you do true i i did watch me some harry potter on halloween <laughs> okay. night i will admit um i watch a lot more shows to be fair but i feel like netflix is usually more like all the really really good movies are still making money so you know it's just kind of like mm. If I can't really find what I want on, you know, by either renting it on iTunes or, or finding it mm. elsewhere, or or certain shows that I want to watch on Hulu or yeah. Amazon, don't don't, don't uh, dance around this. This is second class quality movies on Netflix, is what you're saying. I mean, not not all of the time, <laughs> but like you know, I'm you're just, so, like what you're describing is like going to like a used CD store. You're like, well, yeah. they probably won't have the stuff that just came out, but like maybe I can find something I like. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, you know, but, but I also eat really good chocolate. <laughs> that's true. That's the other thing we covered before it's we started. only recording. imported Toblerone for this guy. Last night, I crossed a big movie off of my bucket list. I oh, watched wow. Hellboy last night. Oh, right. That was from um, when, when I interviewed you. Yeah, from my own cue, the, the movie that had been in there the longest since, like, before I had Netflix was Hellboy. Nice. And it, like, seemed like my kind of movie, but I had just never seen it. And I watched it last night. Knowing very little about the character, too. Knowing very nothing little. about anything. And? Eh. Okay. <laughs> it's fun. It's kind of like early 2000s comic book movies are going to be their own sort of category that like mm. aren't quite as good yeah. as what they're making now. Like, I watched Doctor Strange just, like, yesterday. Oh, yeah. You, we went to the premiere last night. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. It was just awesome. Like, there's no flaws. I mean, maybe it's not... The most... Like, you can sit through how many origin stories of this guy's... But at the same time, it was offering a lot different. And got another, mm. another magician too. If you don't know Doctor Strange, he's if you're into wizards and stuff like that. <laughs> oh, that, was a, that was a Harry sure Potter am. connection. Oh yeah, <laughs> well done. I didn't know well where played. You were going with that. Sorcerers. I mean, are there any sorcerers in the Harry Potter world? There must. There's a. Isn't oh there, yeah. But isn't one of the titles like the sorcerer? The Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got so excited I knocked the mic over. I, it usually doesn't bend around this way. This is a bit problematic. Uh, that's the thing about seeing a movie off your bucket list. Even if it's disappointing, it still feels good to have seen it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and I'm glad that I removed it from my list and I can, I can move on to 
other things. I'm still also curious about what your first line of entertainment. My first line of entertainment. If Netflix and chill is like number two and oh, three. Oh, I got it. I got it. Um, the first line of order is to find exactly what I want, and most of the time, that's not usually. You're a man who knows what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, Netflix is more, it's like more like channel surfing. You're like, all right, well, what's here? What can I make with with what's available to me? As opposed to like, I I want this one. Is it that like the the channel surfing or like that like indecisiveness is just uncomfortable and you're like, I don't want to, I'd rather just go with my first choice? Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Which makes fun interesting, by the way, with what's in your queue because the whole queue is like, it's stuff you've added with intent and then just... right haven't looked in your closet in a while yeah that's true and it it can be really overwhelming now i mean it used to be easier when you could when you only had so many channels to choose from and let's be honest netflix doesn't do us any favors in its organization oh my god which we could talk about don't get me started but how about anybody ever heard of alphabetizing (laughs) yeah seriously come on netflix we all learned our ABCs in kindergarten. <laughs> Put your movies in alphabetical order. I remember, I think it was Randy and Drew's queue that we were looking at. The, the, the most movies I didn't realize were on Netflix was in their oh, queue. Oh, yeah. Um, and I don't know how you, how you get past that. Yeah, I don't know where you find them, how you, how you find movies. Because it's, so, it's all like this big algorithm, so it's only showing you movies that it already thinks you're going to like. So there's yeah. like no way to get out of that loop. Yeah, um, maybe, and it's maybe endless. Like watch something crazy that it wouldn't expect, and then it'll open up a whole chamber. Yep, of secrets. Um, actually, there's an app called Fan TV that I've started to use because oh. it's it's just easier to organize. I think like you know somebody recommends something or or you see something that you know you want to see, and then you put it in your queue there, and it will tell you where you can watch it, where it's available. That is great. So Fan TV, yeah. All right, we're on board. They're our new unofficial sponsor. I'm writing it on this paper. <laughs> don't need to pay us anything. Exactly. We'll support it. I think it's Fan TV, yeah. I'll double check. So that's where you keep your, your running list. Yes, for the most part. I mean, there's quite a few things in my Netflix queue for sure, but, you know, that that's really more of a reflection of of maddening nights where I'm just like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yep. I'll just add all sorts of shit. That way I don't have to ever feel this feeling again. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, before we get to this cue, there's one more thing we have to do. Yeah. And floating across the room is the plastic bag from American Beauty. <laughs> have you seen American Beauty? Yes. Okay, because I noticed that it's in your queue, but we'll discuss that later. <laughs> yeah. uh, what you can do is reach your hand into that bag and pull out a slip of paper and okay. read us what it says on that paper. What's the best crowd slash theater experience you've ever had? Oh, I love this question. We haven't yeah. had this in a while. Huh. Specifically a movie? As opposed to what? Well, what did, what did a I theater. Oh. I just didn't know if, like, we're talking... Oh, like seeing cats or something? Yeah. Or, like, when Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, very dreary. Like, past lives? <laughs> Too soon? Uh, I don't know. Can you think of a movie? Uh, if not, I'm willing No, I can think of a movie oh, okay. for sure. But um, I was just trying to see it all, you know? Yeah. Um, it was actually really cool to go see Brokeback Mountain in mm. the theater because... People were really like, you know, people cheered at the end. Like they applauded. And I'd never been in, in a theater yeah. where people applauded. That's amazing. Um, this one has been in my queue, sat there for a long time, and then I removed it because I realized I would never watch it. Oh, wow. Um, 
And so, I'm sh- I want to see it. It's something I really want to see, but I I don't know what part they would have cheered. Was it when Anne Hathaway takes her top off? Or sorry, <laughs> no, that's the only part I know. <laughs> Any part I can't the I can't quit. Any part. Well, no, I think that they cheered because it was like you know, it, from what I remember, it was a big it was a big deal that there was this prominent gay love story. Yes. Yeah. Especially the fact that it was played by two straight actors yeah um which yeah. you know it's like 2005 maybe yeah that sounds right it was packed like house and this was a uh, was this was like oscar buzz period when like oh yeah it started to spread yeah i mean everything was like you know it was the tipping point of of a, an issue like that into the mainstream with a prominent director yeah. being willing to do that did that movie take place in the present like in in whatever like was it supposed to take place in the uh, modern time or was it it was Fairly modern, modern, modern. Yeah, I feel like it felt sort of eighties for some yeah, reason. Yeah, I think you're right. It was totally the eighties. Um, we've seen movies on this podcast with Michelle Williams, and I feel like that's also when Michelle Williams sort of like pivoted into like that was crazy. when he realized she wasn't just yeah. a Dawson's Creek. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. that was the movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked it. I I had no idea what to expect, and I think before I saw it, I thought that the whole movie was just them going i don't want to spoil it for alex who still hasn't seen it but i thought that the whole movie was going to be them climbing the mountain like i sort of figured that the movie would end when they got to the top of the mountain and when they broke their back yeah Yeah. exactly but no that's like the first half at most and there's a much bigger story and much more time passes it was don't each of them have lovers that they're sort of pretending to sort of be in these relationships or not. I don't know. I don't even know if it's pretending. That's just what it's I'm pretty, guessing. It's a pretty nuanced movie. Um, but it was great. And I can't imagine, since my experience was so separate, like watching it by myself. Oh, it's yeah. It's hard to imagine watching <laughs> it with, you know. In a I kind of want to know people. what the cheering moment in the movie was. I mean, the cheering moment in the theater was at the end. And it was just people applauded yeah. oh, for the film oh, yeah, right. in general. Like roll credits. Roll credits, exactly. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was just great because... I went with my husband, who I don't think was my husband at the time, mm-hmm. um, and so it was just like for us, it was just like, "Cool, this is so awesome that this yeah. is happening." You know, I mean, I never thought, even in my lifetime, that I would see something like this. I've so. been at some pretty mo- weird movies that people have cheered for. Like, I I don't know if I like they cheered at Doctor Strange yesterday at the end of that <laughs> when the credits rolled. Uh, they cheered for Rocky Balboa, which is ro- not ro- not Creed, the one that came out before. Like, people just oh, cheer. Yeah. I don't know what causes people to do that, right? And it, and it's that's the moment. It broke back is the, is the moment to do it totally. when you've seen something that's like a little that's groundbreaking. Real. Yeah, yeah. Now when sixty year old Rocky Balboa <laughs> <laughs> defeats. Um, all right. Well, let's get into this cue. All right. I think it's time. Uh, before I even start mentioning movies on it, it I'm going to guess that there's some movies in here. And in fact, I know that American Beauty is one of them that you've seen already. Yeah. So even before I start reading it, like, how do you use your cue? How does this function for you? Well, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of multi-purpose. So like, you know, there are these movies that I've seen before that I'm like, if I get in a jam and I can't decide what I want to watch, uh-huh. then that's... Comfort. Exactly. Comfort on demand. Exactly. Um, and, and there, of course, there's some movies that are just like, I saw it so long ago, I, I did, I probably didn't appreciate yeah. it fully and would yeah. like to see it again as an adult. Um and then and then some that are just nostalgic that you just want to see again like um but you know a lot of times it's not at all what you remember. <laughs> when well, you see it I'm very curious which of the categories this this 
this one falls into. And for our listeners they, who already know this, we don't, uh, we won't be picking any television shows. We'll right. mention a couple of them, yeah. but we're going to generally avoid any television stuff in your queue because okay. we want to find a movie, watch it together, and clear it out. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that movie is going to be <laughs> Disney's Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. <laughs> Wait a second. Is Honey We Shrunk the Kids? Honey We Blew Up the Kids. Honey. Okay. I think this is the third one. Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. Honey We Shrunk Ourselves. He's some guy. They just never learn. That's learned amazing. Sometimes. Are they all in there? Uh, it looks like just this one. Because I remember putting, or at least attempting to put all of them in there. Because I, the first one was nostalgic. I saw the first one. Yeah. And so I watched it again one night. Maybe, uh-huh. I, this is before I even moved to L.A., and I was like, oh, God, this is so terrible. Like, I can't even, you know, I was so excited to just, like, you know, relive the first totally. one and then see the others. Yeah. But I was just like, no. It was so. that bad. If memory huh? serves, we were pretty much kids when Honey, I blew up that the sequel came out. And mm-hmm. I remember not liking it. I remember being like, yeah. Pretty young, be like this is just not as good as the first one. And <laughs> when, that's always dangerous yeah. when you're under the eight. When you're in your like, uh, do you remember when you realized that like sequels weren't as good? Because I, I remember when we were really little, and like when Ninja Turtles two came out, I was like, oh, it's better than the first one, which it isn't. Right. And then like now that we're adults, we realize that like a sequel just inherently is not going to be mm, as good as the original. I yeah, I don't know if I ever realized. Generally that. speaking. And yeah, I know. Like I used the the movie Rookie of the Year, which is about the the ten year old kid that could throw yeah. in the major leagues. Yeah, as an example of like when you couldn't pull a fast one on like a ten year old me anymore. You couldn't like just put out some bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And like because that looked. I remember being super excited about. It. I remember sitting in the theater and being like, yeah. "This movie's just terrible." <laughs> and not that like in an like implausible way, it was right. just really terrible. But what right. amazes me actually now that you mentioned Ninja Turtles is that like. That Ninja, like of all of all movies to be remade, that Ninja Turtles is still endured, a thing. endured, yeah, yeah. yeah. That it's still popular. It's still very popular. Yeah. I think it's one universal that kids kind of love dinosaurs or reptile type things. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, the colors are sort of cool, and the weaponry is kind of cool, yeah. and the fact that they are young and have like attitude is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Timeless. Kids will always be teenagers. Will always. Yeah, because I think the overall shape of it is so simple. It's like we. It's like there's this turtles. Is, you know and what it doing... matches? It matches up yeah. ninjas yeah. and like mutants and like it just mashes up a whole lot. And yeah. pizza. Yeah. Sewers. Like, there's a lot. All of the aspects there. are there, and maybe it's really you know just that much more agreeable for the parents as well. It's like, well, they're turtles. How bad could they be? <laughs> I, yeah, and I do wonder about like whether the popularity now is having to do at all with like. The Echo, the kids. Yeah, the kids. like our friend Jim, who's been obsessed with Ninja Turtles since we were five, he now has a you know kid who is really into Ninja Turtles. And so uh, I wonder how awesome. common that is. Mm. That's awesome. I mean, I I would want that. You know, like totally. I would want to to smother my kid with everything that I loved, yeah. which is yeah. probably not a good thing. But you know, <laughs> but I guess it's, it's working in this case. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's see what else is on here. I mean, obviously, see, we're going to end up watching that, but. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. Yeah, obviously we're gonna have to watch oh that. But okay, there are a few. There are a few here that I would call classics, and I'm gonna guess that you've seen the following movies, and you let me know if you haven't. Okay, Pleasantville. Yes. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Pulp Fiction. Yes, but again, one of those movies that I'm just like I don't even really remember. Oh wow. Mm. I mean, I was young enough, or maybe distracted enough that I just didn't. You know, 
But I there were moments of it where I'm just like, I need to see that movie. Like, I need mm-hmm. to know that movie. Yeah. Right next to that movie is a movie that Alex just saw for the first time, which is, <laughs> cue the sound, <laughs> Amelie. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> so good. Which, by the way, for you us LA folks, I just saw on like a street light post banner that there's some small theater that's doing a stage version of Amelie. That we have I just to saw see. that and I was going to send it to you. See. We have to see it. So <laughs> that's we, amazing. I can't even I wonder if it's, that. It can't be in French, right? There's no way it's in French. I don't know. I literally just saw the headline. And I was but like, I'd I love to see... Uh, I think that'd be a really cool like adaptation. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that, though, because it's so fast-paced. And the like, editing so, is so fast-paced. Yeah, there's so many characters. There's so many... I guess... We'll talk off pod about how we would envision <laughs> the stage. Is it, unless they do a total 180 and it's just like her. <laughs> it's like the whole thing is just a monologue. Right, <laughs> show. Yeah. And she's got little puppets for all the characters. Right. That would be so terrible. It wouldn't do the movie. And I don't know, here's, here's a guy that just saw me. It wouldn't do that justice because it's too... Right. Yeah. Right. Well, we'll have to check it out. All right. You have a movie, uh, Salinger. Yeah. 2013. What is it? Is this a J.D. Salinger? Read the description. It is. Interviews with J.D. Salinger's friends, as well as the celebs he has inspired. Don't use celebs. Come on. Shed light (laughs) on the reclusive author in this absorbing documentary. Yeah. It was just keywords that drew me in. You know, elusive. Celebs. 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 (laughs) That's why they use celebs. Uh, Are you interested in him? Do you like him as an author? Do you like documentaries? I barely know who the guy is. Okay. This is Catcher in the Rye, right? Yeah, Catcher in the Rye. What else is he? Franny and Zooey, right? Okay. That's his other big one. Yeah, it was more of like... I mean, I think that's one of the oldest things in my queue. Uh-huh. Because it was actually when I was just learning how to use my queue, you know? I like that. Um, I see. So I was just like, oh, well, it was like being in a candy store for the first time. So I was just like, oh, well, it's... Let's add a bunch of stuff. And, okay. You know, yeah. this looks right. interesting, and this looks interesting. So, you're never going to. Does watch it still that. sound Probably interesting? Not. <laughs> yeah. Does it still sound interesting? Uh, does it sound like homework? Like a homework assignment? It feels a little bit more like homework. Yeah. It looks like homework. It does. Look I would like homework. never choose to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I would add it for uh, sure. I think I was a little embarrassed there. too. Like, I don't know who that is. I probably should. Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah. Um, what is the other sister? I know the other sister. The other sister is with um, Juliette Lewis yes. playing a. Uh, it's like a, the, her. What's eating Gilbert Grape? She plays a like a yeah someone with a mental disability. Carla's yeah. overprotective parents have misgivings about her getting an apartment and pursuing a relationship with another mentally challenged person. Yeah. Oh, and Giovanni Ribisi. Who he, he plays and he does. I I didn't see it. Oh, okay. I remember that Savage Garden had a song on the on the soundtrack. Ninety nine, so that checks out. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen this? I I did see it, but again, like I was a kid when I saw it. It was mm. actually a part of you know, like one of the movies that my sister and I both agreed on and loved. But I barely remember it, so I put Speaking it. Speaking of your view. sister, now is now is the time to maybe point out that you. <laughs> Share a Netflix yes account? with the other sister title. I do, yeah, we I mean, do. That's great. How did that happen? Who pays for it? What's we just agreed. Like she, you know, I would share my Hulu Plus account with her, and she would share her fair, Netflix account fair with me. Fair trade. Yeah. So here's the thing about I've I don't think I've ever met your sister. However, you would love her. I've heard this, and <laughs> what my one thing that I do remember is that the day that I got an iPhone which was the first smartphone I ever got. I 
got the iPhone and then immediately got on a plane and went to Vermont because we were doing Myra's record together. Myra Flynn, listeners may remember. And I had, because I had only ever had a flip phone, I had never had a lock screen on a phone. Do you remember this? You <laughs> no. probably, why would you remember this? And I was like trying to decide like what to set it as. I was like, should my lock screen be like something cool, like some album cover I like or some movie. And you had this like ridiculous picture of your sister. And you were like, here's what you got to do. You need to pick a picture that's going to make you laugh every time you look at your phone. <laughs> do you remember this? Do you still subscribe to no, that theory? No, but that's great advice. That's Amazing advice. <laughs> it was really good, and I took it, and I used a ridiculous picture for a while, and now I just have the generic lock screen on my new phone. But <laughs> it was awesome. great advice, and that's pretty much all I know about your sister. <laughs> oh, uh, I don't. Know, I don't know where to begin about my sister. She's just. She's very deadpan and hilarious, and um, most people think she's older than me because she just has this like more. Uh-huh. I don't know, but mature appearance, yep. but. But she's generally more immature. I also have a younger brother, and people often think that he's older because he like has a child and a regular job, <laughs> all of those things. Right. Uh, and it's always really entertaining when people think that he's older. Can we pop over into her queue at some point? Do you want to just get in the little portal? Bonus yeah. content? Yeah, let's see what's going on. Hopefully she doesn't I don't think she'll. Upset. I don't think she'll get too upset. I um, also think you could spend an hour just talking about what people's philosophies on what they use as their screen phone i feel like there's like oh yeah i feel like there's like 20 different philosophies uh all right she's got a slightly smaller queue but there's she's got the other sister in her queue see that's what i'm saying like you know those are movies that we loved together and yeah. watched together my stepmom actually used to own a video store back in the day when we were kids so we we would just like you know that's amazing watch movies all the time yeah yeah She'd bring home like early screeners all the time. Wow. <laughs> Did it? It couldn't. I have so many questions. I always wanted to work at a video store. I've always wanted to work at a video store. Yeah. Um, I'm <laughs> That's true. It's weird that you never did. Well, and, and I forget, I'm forgetting how part, how deep and rural of part of Vermont you grew up in, but some of those parts of, of like the United States, the video store is super important. Like, oh, yeah. It's all it's the cultural it, mecca. It, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was Especially that, then. Was that, the, the, my describing that correctly, the type of store? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, they were like the video store in town. What was it called? It was called, I think it was just called Village Video, or, yeah, Village Video. I also really like video store names. names like, it's like yeah. a, something like a fetish of mine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like cheesy, like bad pun ones? Well, the ones that we got were like Video Horizons. It was yeah. pretty. Video Smith, <laughs> Video Horizons, Movies and More. Village Entertainment, that's what it was called. Sounds classier, actually. Like, like, well, like and when the, like <laughs> after ten p.m. they start to sell prostitutes and stuff like that. <laughs> so another really funny thing about your sister's queue is that in your sister's queue is a movie called Your Sister's Sister. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so I don't know what I don't know what to make of that. There's a That's lot of like good... Malkovich, Malkovich. Yeah, right there. it's like yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit too. I don't know what to make of this, but there's a lot of interesting stuff in here. A lot of like pretty serious looking like criers, and then also the animated film ants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So you know, it's either out. it's either emotionally charged or like playfully animated for both of us i would say i like that um all right we have work to do yeah, we only have two movies on okay let's get some more <laughs> have you seen Babel? yes how about fantasia fantasia the original classic 
Yeah, because... A Ridge Fantasia. Yep. I mean, I, it's so funny because I remember seeing that as a kid and being so, like, enchanted by the visuals, mm-hmm. but not really thinking much about about the fact that there was no real storyline or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or not thinking about the music. And now it's it feels very full circle because I'm just, you know, I saw that and I was like, oh my God, I would love to see that for the music. Right. And the visuals, you know, because I remember being so into the visuals then, but I have such a deep appreciation for classical music now that... And then Nutcracker yeah. Suite. Is that in Fantasia? I think the... Is it? I think, like, the Sugar Plum dances in that. Oh. Huh. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> you seemed so confident, and now you seem... <laughs> no, I mean, because uh, Greg just gave me, like... we the, just looked at you like, <laughs> are you talking about Nutcracker? We're talking about Mickey Mouse. I think the Nutcracker... Like, there's yeah, a cut from the Nutcracker in there. I don't know. It's it's really long. I don't even remember. Like for I really a kids' don't. movie, and I'm trying to remember how many little vignettes are in it. I mean, there's the one, the, the Mickey Mouse with the sorcerer. Speaking yeah, of sorcerers, that's I mean, the one that again, we all really remember. love sorcerers. I do. So you really got to see Doctor Strange then. Uh, right. You've probably seen What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yep, it's in your sister's queue. You probably watched it together. <laughs> um, you've probably seen Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I know I had a few. I was on a sushi. You've kick. probably had sushi before. <laughs> I have had All sushi. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got this <laughs> this sommelier documentary that keeps popping up in people's queues. It's called Somme. Oh yeah. We know that you like red wine. I do. We know that you must at least think you like documentaries because you put them in your queue. <laughs> I don't know if you watch them. Like, I put documentaries in my queue and then I don't watch them. Well, he put, he's guilty of putting Salinger in his queue. True. Right. <laughs> True. So, what about this one? That I don't... I have not watched yet. <laughs> he likes putting pretentious documentaries in his queue. So with a little... Anything with a little uh, accent on the top of the title. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> Uh, no, I have watched some wine documentaries though, like the one with. Um, well, you have Tool, another one singer? in your. Oh, Maynard. Yeah, because he's he is like a wine guy now. He has oh, his own vineyard, and I had he, no idea. There's there's a documentary on him. It's very good and inspiring, actually. And frankly, I like to watch like food documentaries and stuff while I eat. So I I really enjoy you know watching the occasional wine documentary while i drink wine that's good i mean it's like yeah. you know it's like watching porn and and just and doing, doing what you gotta do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems I mean, like i would not want to watch porn just just drink casually wine, right? you know yeah no. <laughs> right you, reading it's, uh, JD it's totally uncouth yeah it's like reading jd salinger while watching <laughs> um you also have Soam Into the Bottle, which looks like a sequel to that one. I think it's a sequel. So you were like, well, I'm probably going to like the first one, so I should put the, both of them in here. Exactly. Soam colon Into uh, the Bottle? Y- it, yes. Yeah. Um, Keep digging. There's a few more. Find something, Bogdanow. Well, there's a bunch of documentaries at the bottom. So which of these are you the most interested in? Uh, What's the most pretentious? We've got <laughs> something called Small is Beautiful. We've got something called Terra. We have a movie called The Future of Water and a movie called GMO OMG. I mean, it's true that when it comes to the documentaries, it it feels more like I just 
I just don't feel informed enough, you know? Like, mm, yeah. I want to really know what the deal is with some of these issues. But, again, it feels more like homework, so... I feel that way there. about GMOs, particularly. But of the things mm. you mentioned, I'm like, I should bag on vegetarians so much that... This is the one way I'd be like I'd like to know. Hmm, no, I have enough confidence. Impact. I have enough confidence in my ability to retain my love for meat after <laughs> seeing it that at least I could help see their perspective. You think you could see it without turning into a vegetarian? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like well, I don't want to see Soam because I'm afraid I'll become a, a wine connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> that makes uh, sense. Well, the only you've got one more documentary in here, which is also in my queue, oh. um, for probably the same reason. It's. Uh, what happened, Miss Simone? About Miss oh Simone. yeah, have I, you seen it? I haven't, and I've had two people tell me now that they have seen it and that it was really great and that we should see it, but it was really tr- you know, very disturbing. Yeah, um, and it really stayed with them, mm. like it really like lingered. So I want to see it, but I'm also kind of like, oh man, like what am I signing up for here? That's kind of how I feel about it. Well, Alex, what do we got on the list? All right, here we go. Honey, we shrunk ourselves. <laughs> the honey, the honey, the honey trilogy. Uh, Salinger documentary about JD Salinger. Jiro dreams of sushi. Som, Som two, Som harder. <laughs> so many documentaries <laughs> and GMO. Oh my god! And what happened, Miss Simone? <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Is there anything on that list? Welcome to my B list, y'all. <laughs> this is his B list. I like I like the options on here. I like the options. And GMO I would I would potentially watch. And I was like, oh we should make you watch a movie. I here's what I feel like I want to make sure that when we make you watch it like a vegetarian's perspective movie it's the right one like if we're gonna get <laughs> yeah, one shot true. at turning you it should be so we you, should do you our haven't research vetted gmo we my haven't God. vetted that one no <laughs> <laughs> i want to find the one that's got the highest chance of knocking you off <laughs> and then when it doesn't at least we'll be like all right well we tried <laughs> well and documentaries have been sort of the theme here so maybe we should kind of land totally on something that is veg eye for the meat guy (laughs) (laughs) that's good yeah Yeah, i'd watch that does anything on there jump out as something that you either i'm gonna let you go one of two directions either you look at it and you go oh that'd be fun to watch today or you look at it and you go man if i don't watch it today i'm never gonna watch that Ooh, is there something that falls into either of those categories i mean i'm most excited about the what happened to Miss Simone, especially now that I hear that you are equally as intrigued. I'm intrigued. And I figure this would be really good company to watch a movie like that because mm. I suspect there's going to be a lot to talk about. Let's do it. That was easy. That was easy. Let's watch it. Then I get to cross something off my queue too. Let's yeah. make a pact that it cannot haunt us. I don't know if we can make that, that uh, pact. If we just agree now. Okay. All right. That it won't haunt us. Yeah. It won't. Don't let it haunt you. Let's check it out. All right. Uh, the listeners are going to hear a trailer for the movie. The three of us are going to go watch the whole movie. And then we're going to come back and talk about it. Sweet. I think the only way to tell you who I am these days is to sing a song. We'll start from the beginning. Birds flying high, you know how I feel. My mother was one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Shine in the sky, you know how I feel. When she was performing... She was an anomaly. She was brilliant. She was loved. And I'm feeling good. One and only Nina Simone. 
voice was totally different from anybody else. You know how I feel. Let me listen to it again. How is she doing this? He was one of those musicians. You hear them once. Next time you hear me, you say, oh, that's that same one I heard last week. You know how I feel. People think that when she went out on stage, she became Nina Simone. My mother was Nina Simone 24-7. And that's where it became a problem. Everything fell apart. She was a revolutionary. She found a purpose for the stage. I choose to reflect the times and the situations in which I find myself. I can even be an artist and not reflect the times. Don't you know no one There was something eating at her. When the show ended, she was alone full of anger and rage. I have to live with Nina, and that is so difficult. Nina was fighting demons. She could get violent. Hey, girl, sit down. The change in her would be dramatic, like a switch. Sit down. As fragile as she was strong, as vulnerable as she was dynamic, most people are afraid to be as honest as she lived. I've had a couple of times on stage when I really felt free. The high priestess of the Lord. Nina Simone. Nina Simone. Nina Simone. She was a genius. She was brilliant. But she paid a huge price. And we're back. We're back. We promised, we made a <laughs> pact not to be haunted. And oh, we actually had to pop. Like about... <laughs> 15 minutes left in the movie, yeah. I had to pause it and remind yeah. you guys to, like... Not get haunted. Not get haunted. Because I was getting haunted. So was I. <laughs> you were getting... Like, oh my guys, are we all feeling haunted? Like, just remind ourselves not to get haunted. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. And that was really good advice. It was good advice. It was too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm too little too late. Um, so before we really analyze it, we yeah, should do, like, like a I know the... Like, what happened to her? We should do... Well, I was going to say, like, we normally do our quick synopsis. Yeah, let's do it's it. It's a little different. But at the end, it's like, well, let's just answer the question. What happened to, to Miss Simone? Oh, yeah. What happened to Miss Simone? <laughs> okay. So, so gonna... we'll just do the quick hit. That's the recap. Yeah. The recap is she was born uh, Eunice Wayman in 1933 in the South. She aspired to be the first ever female African-American classical pianist to play at Carnegie Hall. She did eventually make it to Carnegie Hall, but more as like a jazz blues singer. Then she got really involved in the civil rights movement. Mm -hmm. Life pivoted at that point. She was in a very abusive relationship. She had a daughter who she like, seems like just ignored for like 10 years. And then eventually, sort of like right after Martin Luther King died, it seems like, Nina Simone went to Liberia and then went to Europe and like kind of never came back and her career right. kind of ended. So Greg Douglas, what happened to Miss Simone? In your oh, opinion. Man. <laughs> I didn't just ask you the hardest question of all time. <laughs> she she went to the end of the earth and back. Yeah. You know? And I just have so much to say that I, I like can't even sum it up into an totally. answer to that question, yeah. um, or at least not yet. Like I really like I, I think I need to talk it out, which okay, is yeah. really why I wanted totally. to watch let's that talk with it you guys. Great, That's, <laughs> yeah. Let's talk it out. Lots to say. I mean, it was this was a fantastic movie. It was it, 
you know, we're yeah. all, I think, a little bit thrown off, which was the idea. Yeah. Um, I didn't know anything. I, I knew her what her voice sounded like. I knew some of her songs. Mm-hmm. But that's all. That's all that I knew. I really didn't know much either. I mean, it it kind of blew my mind how little I knew. And it also blew my mind how much I assumed, and probably always assume, about these legendary people that we hear about. Right. And, you know, it's just like, oh, it was a different time. It was when the music industry was was a totally different thing. Yeah. I mean, you never really, or at least I never really assumed there could have possibly been so much struggle for her, even on the business side of things. Well, it, yeah. seemed, it seemed like she was pure at a point and was poisoned a little bit by the industry. Well, maybe it was her husband that poisoned it. Yeah, and that's a story you hear a lot about, like, the overzealous manager. Who, <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's an archetype. This was... The, the complicating factors on this one were like she was struggling with undiagnosed bipolar disorder and there was the civil rights stuff happening and she was married to the guy. Mm-hmm. And so like there were just all these other elements. It was funny is like the civil rights part like made the most sense like that, mm. like her gravitating yeah. there yeah. didn't wasn't confusing. She sort of identifies with the really violent side of the. Yeah, I wrote down one of the quotes that definitely haunted me, because I wrote (laughs) down, at one point she says, I was never nonviolent. She's talking about her, like, friendship with Martin Luther King, and what a thing to say. Well, and that she confronted him with that. I mean, that's what she said to him. That she said that to Martin Luther King. Yeah, Yeah, that, I mean, the the words coupled with that, like, gave me chills. I was just like, oh my god. Well, and to me, I think the most fascinating part of the whole movie throughout like like perhaps the most consistent part of it was the psychological stuff was the like the manic depression building and mm-hmm. i don't really know i don't really know what i think about that but i would like to believe that we're all born with a clean slate mm. you know i i don't necessarily think you're i don't know if you're born with a mental illness as much as one develops over the years based on your experiences. Right, even like like her brief sort of resurgence where she like realizes that her life is better with the piano. All the like that right. she she was she was like this prodigy that ended up playing the piano so much she ended up hating the piano. Right. Only to come back and be like, this is where I'm truly at peace. Yeah. She that's where so like yeah. the poison of like you have to get distance, you have to like purge it all in order to come back. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. I was thinking about just how can you just think of a documentary, or is it? Have you ever seen a documentary or a good documentary that doesn't introduce the flaws of the the person it's covering? Because mm. th- it I mean, can't be in. Yeah, even outside of documentaries, like, can you tell a good story without showing the flaws of the main? Probably character? not. Probably not. Yeah. I've never taken a writing class, but I'm, I imagine <laughs> I imagine that what makes Doctor Strange interesting is that he had flaws. Who's <laughs> FYI, he was a bit arrogant and had to be humbled. Hubris. It's always hubris. It's over. Yeah. Do you think her childhood was a little bit glossed over? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I I think so. When I turned to you and I said, "What happened to the last ten years?" She must have already been feeling a deep sense of anger and just like her Mm. her love affair with the fiery side of things. Yeah. Before she met her husband, otherwise she wouldn't have enjoyed in a masochistic kind of way Mm. that the nature of that relationship, the physical abuse, the emotional. Yeah, abuse, um, which then was obviously transferred, and just got worse and worse. And I think that that's when people really start to like 
disconnect, you know, where where the anger takes over and and she starts to believe that, you know, things can only be handled in a violent way. And yeah. and and it just becomes so overwhelming where it's like I need to leave this country because everything is, you know, everyone's evil, everything's gone to shit. Yeah. Like and then really just sort of become your thoughts. I mean, not to get too Tony Robbins, but like, you know, it's kind of true. Whatever you think about is sort of what your reality is, you know, totally. like I have to say that I had a moment where when she was like rock bottom in in Liberia, France or somewhere. Oh, Switzerland or, or yeah. Yeah. Where Who wherever knows? she was like France. dressed like, you know Hobo. Yeah. Yeah. And I just immediately felt like that like we're we're surrounded with that here in LA. Mm. It's mm. just like every homeless person that I see is like you know, that version of Nina Simone. Yeah. I mean I just couldn't help but think that's that's what happens when all of that mental illness is not taken care of. Mm. Yeah, and it's crazy that it takes it happening to a celebrity for most people to see it. You know what I mean? Like, if we had seen that same clip of her on the street and we didn't know that it was Nina Simone, it would just be like what we see every day. You know yeah. what I mean? Which which you sort of have to... You, you, you can't let it affect you that emotionally every time. Right. But in this context, when it's this character that we know and we've just spent all this time learning her story and then seeing her get to that point you're like holy shit that's that's real yeah and every person that that we've seen on the street in LA like they don't all have you know the um like the fame and fortune that she once had right but they all have like crazy stories that got them to that place i asked you guys early on cuz you guys are both musical students yeah um what do you like do they do they teach you about Nina Simone's music, or like, how, right. what? What is the uh, musician's profile of her? Like, what is your? Like, how are you introduced yeah. to her? And uh, so our 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 answer was kind <laughs> of because like, I want like to me I was like I mean Nina Simone to me I was I was then I was like like how is she different than Etta James or how is she different right. than um, Billie Holiday? Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I honestly don't know. So that's why I like, kind of yeah. And time. our quick answer was like. No, I, I didn't study her music <laughs> in music school, um, but <laughs> sorry, okay? I don't mean <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I was finishing your sentence in my mind, like uh, no, at the school of rock. I did what? not study her yeah. music. Stop asking me questions. <laughs> uh, here's where that sentence was gonna go. Uh, yeah, I didn't study her at Berkeley, but. She's definitely a musician's musician, and a lot of the people I've played with have like really put her on a pedestal, and so she's she's kind of like. So then you asked us to come up with a list of other singers who are sort of like musicians' musicians, yeah. That in our crowd people think of as like on the level of Michael Jackson and the Beatles, but who in your world wouldn't. So Greg and I started to come up with a list during like a bathroom break or something. <laughs> and this was early on in the movie though. So I don't know if this is going to hold up <laughs> now what we know about her. Like, yeah, this wasn't a list of singers who are like Nina Simone. This was a list of like musicians, musicians, exactly. Singers. Which, you know, also I think are a little bit more, you know, regardless, I mean, in my mind, regardless of how mainstream or not, they are. And most of them I would say are not, I mean, you like, you know enough of them to know their name, but they 
they're not like a household name. Right. Like, like you'll recognize the name, but you probably couldn't name a song, a song, or maybe two. Yeah. Um, so the list that we came up with was Leonard Cohen, Patti Smith, Jeff Buckley, Billie Holiday, Tom Waits, Graham Parsons, Bill Withers, Patty Griffin. That was our first list. And then I tried to think about the, none of those are really contemporary. Like those are all. And so I tried to think of like who would fit into that now. And I came up with Ryan Adams, Bjork, (laughs) D'Angelo and neutral milk hotel. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So that's our list. (laughs) Bjork, wasn't she that lady who wore the swan dress? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's what people know of her. Yeah. I know the sugar cubes. Yeah. I could drop some sugar cubes on y'all. <laughs> drop it. I wish you um, would. And then I also, actually, I don't know if you know this, but just side note, I actually gave a shout out to the sugar cubes in a song of mine on my third record, Pseudo Rotary. Uh huh. That's great. Pseudo <laughs> Rotary, your third record, but my first Gregory Douglas record that I had on CD. Right. So Amazing. I stole it from Dylan Allen. I still have it. <laughs> That's it amazing. In, it was in a, somebody's car. <laughs> Actually, it was my fourth album. Sorry. What's uh, the common thread album. with all these uh, musicians? Musicians. They're people that I would assume our musician friends l- love and want to emulate. And and yeah, and they're sort of people who have like sort of bubbled and simmered, but don't have like a big. Well, I would argue know. that they they're also all people that went against the grain like Nina Simone. I mean, right. they it it was there was no compromise in their songwriting or their artistic expression, you know, it was just yeah. like they were soldiers, they were creative music soldiers of truth and like constantly and timeless. I mean, mm-hmm. inspiring so many artists and so many I mean, so many people in general, but you know, that just Define regardless of their genre, regardless of when of their time. Yeah, um, yeah, they just live on, and and people work their way back to them. I also added at the towards the end of the movie, I added a name to this list, and I'm going to give a shout out to Solange. She has a new record out called A Seat at the Table that is really good, and I thought That's about it a lot during this. Because it deals with a lot of racial themes and things going on that you sort of... I've had the comfort of being able to think that the civil rights movement like was successful. And it was, and it also wasn't. And yeah. she did this record that is meant to make you uncomfortable, but it's also musically really fucking good and really thought-provoking. And it's just awesome. Mm. So uh, I would strongly recommend everybody to go listen to a seat at the table it's awesome that's awesome greg at any point in this were you wishing that you were watching honey we shrunk ourselves (laughs) kind of because you know i i had like every intention to come here and just like have like crack jokes through the whole thing and to really have a great i mean i'm having a great time yeah because stop it i would also want (laughs) because i would also want to talk to you guys about heavy shit like this you know but, you know, I'm always, like, the guy that goes there. I'm always the guy that just that. goes heavy. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, that's probably why I look up to people like Nina Simone, because I feel a kindred... She lived in heavy, heavy town. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't always want to be... I don't always want to live in heavy town. I wonder if she's seen this documentary. You wonder if who? 
Nina? Oh, no, there's no way she is. She died in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if she watched with us today. Ah, <laughs> yeah. From Beyond the Grave. Haunted. That's why you said don't get haunted. Don't ever... It, yeah. I, I think I can manage. I think tomorrow I'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm better off knowing what I know now. I feel yeah. inspired by this, to be totally. honest. Like, haunted maybe as well, but, you know... Martin Luther King dies on April 4th, and then on the 7th, she plays this concert and has this, like, amazingly beautiful song already written. Yeah. You know, that in those three days, dealing with, like, all the shit she must have been dealing with, Yeah, that made me want to, like, go work harder. You should write a song about the Cubs winning the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the time is now. The time Seize is now. That's that true. moment. Yeah. Baseball. I just sing it like Scott Stapp would sing. <laughs> Baseball. I think Eddie Vedder did write a Cubs song this year. I mm. think he did. He'd be the guy to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but Greg, we need you to rate this thing on a scale of one to five. And what are the... What's the three is what are liked the definitions it. Three of, is liked it. Four is really liked it. Five has loved it. I would say uh, I don't give five stars liberally, but I would give it a five star. I would say loved it because I mean it was the fucking truth, yeah. like from beginning to end. And like, how can you even rate the truth? Like, the truth always wins in my eyes. You know, like would you say it would set you free? <laughs> See, I go heavy when I don't even mean to. <laughs> uh, I also don't give fives liberally, and so I'm going to give this four. But it, it was amazing, and I am glad that at least one of us is giving it a five because this was this was everything you'd want for yeah. this movie. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go three stars. I liked it, and uh, I'm gonna go uh, maybe like play the guitar a little bit more or something. <laughs> or something. Yeah. So I was impacted. I wouldn't ever want to watch it again. Totally. Just, exactly. Just, just this like is a one-off. This is a one-off. Yeah. This yeah. is a one-off. But, you know. Don't get haunted. But it was yeah. great. And I, so did we answer the question, what happened? Yeah, we did. We know what happened. Yeah. She's just an artist that got kind of sucked in and in some interesting circumstances and kind of paid the, paid the price of true artistic uh, expression. She paid the price. Yeah. We, uh, I was going to try to do... If it rhymed, and we (laughs) boiled rice. (laughs) I was going to try to... And we watched it thrice. We watched it thrice. (laughs) And we've got good news for you. (laughs) Because you are now one step closer to clearing the queue. That was Clearing the Queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at Clearing the Queue, Facebook.com slash Clearing the Queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs>